That's you. Trying to disguise yourself as a worker bee. That's you trying to blend in with hive. But you're not a worker bee. You're a renegade killer bee. Killer bee. Killer bee. Viceberg Slim. I will chop your heads off! Welcome to In Broad Daylight, a politics and news podcast with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown, Luis Prada, and Ian Forty. Hey, everybody. Welcome to In Broad Daylight. I'm Adam Todd Brown. Who else is on the call with me today? Luis Prada. Oh, Ian, you just, you just pointed. You pointed at the camera. I, I was pointing at Lewis because I was <laughs> letting him have his moment. I feel like this is big for him. <laughs> He's letting me shine. But if I don't have the competition, what, what am I? Who yeah. am I competing against? Yeah, you're undefeated so far. It's yeah. crazy. I'm going to have to it's be true. like Michael Jordan and just make up reasons to, to get good, <laughs> <laughs> to get motivation if Ian's just going to slack off like this. Maybe that'll be your motivation. That's your billboard <laughs> yeah, material. You <laughs> uh, that's Louis Prada, obviously. Ian Forty's on the phone, too. Hello. Yeah. How's everyone Hello. doing? How's Canada How's Canada going? Both of you. you Lewis, tell me how Canada's going. <laughs> oh, Canada's great. Um, they're doing so well. They've completely eradicated the vaccine. Most of them are living on a colony on Mars now, actually. It's called New New Ontario. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there wasn't an old New Ontario. I was hoping there was, or at least another New Ontario, uh, and that this would be the double new one. Ian, what's your take on Canada right now? It is hot what no it's not you're in canada it's not fucking hot shut up it doesn't happen oh no we i mean in the summer where i live 90 to 100 degrees usually through july it's really awful gross yeah you never think of a place like canada being hot the first time i ever toured uh as in doing comedy on the road uh it was in albuquerque and i did an interview with the college newspaper the night before and the guy was like are you ready for the cold weather down here? And I was like, excuse me? You're in the desert. It's going to be 145 degrees there. And no, 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 no. I forgot the desert gets very cold. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Nightmare. But Albuquerque's great. Anyway, we got a lot of shit to cover today. Should we get to our first segment? Yeah, we should. Which we call fashion. I, we are definitely listening to this music live right now. I didn't forget once again to put it back on the soundboard. That's why you're hearing it as we're talking. It's actually playing as we're talking because of technology and science. I was getting ready, ready. I was going to start dancing because this is the first time we're actually seeing each other, all three of us on one of these recordings. I was, was going to show you my moves and now you fucked it up. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen that. Yeah, we are. This is the first time we've seen each other's lovely faces while we record. And it's really <laughs> adding a new dimension to this podcast. Uh, yeah. Frankly, I don't want to do it anymore. That's the new dimension. I mean, I'm actually. I don't want to see myself. It's fucking <laughs> gross. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm used to seeing myself, but it, uh, it took some getting used to. And hearing my own voice when I edit podcasts, that took a little getting used to. But now fucking love the sound of my voice as people can probably tell tell. yeah exactly so let's talk about this first story this is a segment where we talk about creeping fascism and boy is this a fucking doozy a black lives matter protester is facing life in prison for buying red paint this happened in utah where there was a 
protest in July over the shooting of a 22-year-old man named Bernardo Palacios Carbajal. Madalena McNeil, which is a fucking cool name. She is 28. She's among four people who are charged over incidents that took place at that Salt Lake City protest in July, where protesters splashed red paint on the DA's office, gasp, broke windows, and hung signs calling for justice like a bunch of monsters. And because of this special charging authority they have in Utah, or I don't know how to describe it, I'm not a cop, but these protesters are being charged as a gang and i do mean gang like street gang there is this provision in utah law where you can even for minor crimes if those crimes happen in concert with multiple people they're a street gang and you can charge them extra and that's what's happening this woman is facing life in prison for buying red paint utah absolutely seems like the kind of place where you can go to prison for life for adding just a hint of color (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was pretty, like, when I heard Black Lives Matter protest in Utah, I was like, no shit. Yeah, that's that's impressive on its own, honestly. (laughs) This is, I believe it was also Utah where a guy at a Black Lives Matter protest jumped out of his car and started screaming, all lives matter, and then pointed a bow and arrow at the crowd, and they just jumped oh. him and beat the shit out oh, of him. Oh, that it was there. That's the, the the bow and arrow old guy. Oh man, he was a legend for a second in the worst way possible. <laughs> yeah, for a second. I think I think that it was either Utah or Colorado. Which what's the difference besides weed? <laughs> so the DA in this case, Sam Gill, he decided that this shooting was totally justified. That's how the protest started, and. Madalena McNeil posted pictures of her bruised up arms on social media after the protests and claimed police brutality. And as if by magic, after she did that, all of a sudden her charges go from rioting and vandalism to rioting, vandalism, and also you're a street gang and you might go to prison for the rest of your life. That's intense. That's it's horrifying that you can uh, take a look at the way things are shaping up and you see that there's a lot of people who are outright and vocal uh, opponents of yours and the things that you're doing and your police brutality. And then they retroactively label you as a gang. Oh, by the way, now you're a gang. You were just a social movement before, but now since you guys are getting uh, pretty loud and influential, uh, now you're a gang and we're going to come at you to the fullest extent of the law. That's why they wanted to make Antifa like a, like a thing an organized thing right yeah so now they can point fingers if you got a sign or some shit fuck you guys yeah that's a running that's going to be kind of a running theme uh, with the, this today's episode actually it's, it's going to be varying degrees of 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 uh just taking healthy dissent and and labeling it as some kind of overarching villain and enemy of the state kind of thing we're going to see it later with china if we can you know uh preview the, the episode to come uh but yeah it's, it's kind of happening you have a nice foreshadow uh yeah it's 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 happening all over the world at right right around the same time at different levels and it's like if you could look at once what's happening in china you could just see right now this utah story it's just like a a, a microcosm of what's happening on a larger scale on a governmental scale in places like china but also kind of here and what i think trump would really want to do and even uh, probably more so william Barr than anything yeah it's actually a thing we tried here in 2017 after there Mm -hmm. were a bunch of protests around trump's inauguration there was some property damage that happened 
at those protests. So something, I think it was a hundred and yeah, 120 people were arrested in connection to that. And they were also charged in a similar way where they would have, I think they would have all gotten at least 10 years in prison. And except for a few fucking idiots who took a plea deal early on, all of those people who were tried were eventually acquitted or their charges were dropped because the prosecution's case was built based on doctored footage from the white, the right wing group. White wing is probably you appropriate. Right. You were right the first yeah. time. Uh, Project Veritas. That's what the whole case was built on. Those guys, they, they, first of all, to hear it phrased the way we did, uh, the, the chronology of it and to end it with Project Veritas is such a great twist ending of like those fuckers always show up everywhere. Like yeah. wherever there's doctored footage of them trying to, of somebody trying to get somebody else, some Republican trying to take down some kind of uh, left-leaning organization or whatever, they're, they're always the rats who pop up in the end and it's always doctored footage every yeah. single time. Yeah, I like the idea that the people who were charged for the inauguration protests they were one of the reasons they decided to charge them all as a group is because a lot of them were dressed in black and marching together, but also that they worked as a group conspiring to riot, which kind of implies you can riot by yourself. And I don't think that's true. I don't think you can just I don't think you can be a one man riot. You can cause some problems for sure. I would love don't get me wrong. I, I agree, but I would love the title of a one man riot. Hell yeah. <laughs> if the if the state if the feds if i was such a rowdy boy if the fe- feds were like this is a one-man riot he has to be taken down all those tanks we gave to all the local police stations we need it for this guy then oh man i would be so happy that's the only 80s time. wrestler the one-man gang there you go <laughs> <laughs> we're charging this man 130 times for each crime he's as powerful as a group and yeah 40 mentioned earlier the thing about antifa they're trying to tie antifa to this turkish group that uh i forget what they're called but they're trying to tie those two together so people labeled as antifa in the united states can be considered international terrorists (laughs) stupid which is it's such a stretch it's incredible like moms in portland and stuff they're all they're all just conspiring together now and it's one big furious movement. Portland is becoming almost like a slapstick comedy. Like if it didn't involve <laughs> just brutally oppressing people's rights, like Portland, no matter what we send to Portland, they're like, well, they're not going to tear gas a bunch of moms. Oh yeah, they will. They will tear gas moms. <laughs> they tear gassed the fucking mayor at one point in Portland. Like that is that is movie shit. Yeah, it, this is all... Everything that's happening with, yeah, in, specifically in Portland, it all feels like the kind of stuff that when movies are made about it, people are in like 50 years, people are going to assume there were so many creative liberties taken that none of this shit happened because it's so preposterous. Like, yeah, a mayor was tear gassed. And I know he's not like the most popular guy over there right now, but just the, the, the optics of that is, is lunacy. The things that cops think they can get away with right now. It's just preposterous and it's sad. Have, have you seen the video from two, three days ago of the plywood phalanx shield wall mm, opposing yeah. the port? That was probably the best image. <laughs> a cop running up and he smacks one with his baton and he's like, what? No idea how it didn't go through. And then the cops are like, eh, and they just back off. Guys, this isn't meat. <laughs> 
Oh, man. Yeah, Portland is crazy. Louisville is crazy right now. There are lots of protests in Louisville still. All over the country. I think it's, it's Louisville. Oh, yeah, right. No, it's, it's Louisville. <laughs> are there still lots of protests in Canada that you've heard about? Because even here, like, you're not hearing about these protests a whole lot. You kind of got to go digging for the information. Uh, I'm going to say no. There may be some perhaps going on. Um, but yeah, like you said, they're not really making the making the rounds anymore. So I would have to defer to Google to answer that question right now. Yeah, that's not that makes sense. Your your police tend to kill indigenous people more than black people, I believe. Yeah, yeah. There's there's been some videos of some um, in kind terrible treatment uh, of of the uh, the native population, the indigenous and First Nations peoples. Um, that have happened since the the whole Black Lives Matters protest has really um, become the forefront in the U.S. That's what's come here. There've been a few really awful videos that popped up, and then the RCMP, who's usually behind it, are like, "Bah, ah, it's all right." Yeah, they, we have a long history of of the law enforcement not taking any issues related to Native people seriously in in Canada. I mean, not the least of which is numerous unsolved murders of native women at west that has spanned years well it's also the the home of what i think is one of the craziest police brutality scandals of all time which is the saskatoon freezing deaths where for like 30 years they would find indigenous people just dead at the side of the road frozen to death and they're like what the fuck is happening and it turns out what was happening is when the police would arrest a first nations person or a native person for being drunk instead of taking them to jail to let them sleep it off they would just drive them to the outskirts of town and make them walk back to town and they would do that in the middle of the fucking winter even and a lot of people died as a result of it and it happened for fucking decades until like i think 1999 a guy actually survived and managed to make it to this power plant and he told everyone what happened and the two cops who did it their trial started on September 10th, 2001. So nobody ever fucking heard about it because 9-11 had to come hogging all the attention. Thanks again, 9-11. Yeah, it, it's also hard to appreciate how cold it gets in a place like Saskatoon in the winter unless you've been there before. Like, um, average winter temperatures are probably, oh, uh, what's Fahrenheit going to work out to for you <laughs> people in your crazy system? Like, minus 30 or so? Jesus. What is that? Celsius. Uh, you're close to minus 40 or so, I guess, Celsius. Oh, that difference isn't as big as I expected. I have no idea how that conversion works. No. There's a whole algorithm or whatever the fuck, a formula <laughs> that I, I saw. I acknowledged its existence in, in high school and then just told it, thank you very much. I don't need you ever. That is one of the wackiest things about America that we're like, uh-uh, uh-uh, rest of the world, wrong. We got the right way to measure shit. It's like, just fucking change to what the rest of the world does. My God. We lost a telescope, a space telescope over a something like four micron difference in the curvature of the telescope because we failed to convert the measurements from standard to metric. <laughs> Why are we being this way? I don't we get We got to be different, man. <laughs> uh, so so yeah, protesters fucking be careful. Don't let your face be seen. That's why I still maintain live streaming protests is a bad idea. 
because mm-hmm. it just kind of leads to shit like this. Like, I get that you want to document all the crazy things police are doing, but ideally there should be journalists and shit there to document that in a uh, safer manner. But hey, you all do you. Let's talk about this next story on a segment we call Sacrifice to the Elites of the Week. Did you hear the, the guillotine? But everyone heard it. I heard it in my soul. Yeah, that's what it cuts to the soul is what it does. It's time to go back to school, everybody. Kids are going back to school. Uh, unless you live in the South, in which case you're already back at school. Is that? I didn't ever know it that depends. was a thing. On some places. I think like here in Florida, I think they're doing mostly uh, online stuff. Uh, uh, I think, yeah, I think they've wised up to that. But I, I then again, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a teenager. I, I don't, I'm cut out of the loop. Ever been hanging out in the mall lately? Yeah. Yeah. I, I know it's different all around the country. We have uh, a friend who used to work for Cracked is a teacher now. And I talked to her the other day and she was like, yep, where I live, they just think it's all a hoax. So we're going back to school in a couple weeks as if nothing's even happening, which I don't get how there are still those people out there who are like, no, this is fake. Like, even after, I'm almost comforted that even after Trump posed in a fucking mask and was like, hey, wear masks, people are still like, fuck you. That's <laughs> almost comforting to me because that means his part of the base will break with him on some things <laughs> if he pushes them far enough. It's just crazy that it's fucking masks. Like, of all the things, that's where you draw your line. The easiest thing to do is just put a piece of cloth over your face, and they think this is tyranny. You know, if it makes you feel better, just do a don't tread on me mask, man. I have a don't tread on me mask. You fucking would. I ordered, like, very early on into the all the lockdowns when face coverings were still kind of hard to find. I bought some from this company where they were like five for $20 and you got to pick your designs. And when they sent them, there was a don't tread on me one. And it had a sticker on it that said one of your designs was no longer available. So we picked one for you. And it's like, you picked that. Nice. I wanted the one that was a set of anime boobs and you gave me don't tread on me. (laughs) They did also send me one that's like the bottom of Harley Quinn's face or some shit, uh, yeah. which is, <laughs> I do like wearing that one. It's nice. <laughs> Sounds dope. But uh, yeah, the biggest back to school story so far has been that Georgia high school where two different students posted pictures and it's the hallways are just packed with kids, mostly not wearing masks, which they're kids fucking tell them to wear masks. Make them do what you want. You're an adult. That's the thing is that you go back to like, you know, kids will be kids. And in this instance, it means fucking stupid idiots who uh, don't ever do the right thing. Um, I think from the last episode, my uh, my tale of shoplifting uh, pretty was a pretty good example of, of the fact that kids, even high school kids, will never do the thing you want them to do and never make the right choice. It's really the fault of the people above them of the, that run the school district, the, the local government that is just shoving these kids into it. Kids are going to make the worst choice possible if given the, the, the choice. If they if you let them if you leave it up to them, you have to be smart enough to know that it's throwing them into this horrifying, dangerous situation where they're those, all those schools are vectors now. They're all going to spread from there. And the, I, you're going to see in three, four weeks, numbers in all of these areas all, over, all across Georgia just explode. 
Yeah. At one of the high schools, the or at the high school, they masks are encouraged but not required. As we record this, at least six students and three faculty members at that school have already tested positive for the Rona. So they shut down for two days. That'll help. That should fix it right up. Yeah, that'll take care of everything. Also, they suspended those two students for uploading that photo. They eventually rescinded those suspensions after people lost their fucking minds over it, rightfully so. But still, just even the act of doing it in the first place is nuts. It's such a weirdly like fascistic thing to see happen in a high school. Like high schools are often in like in movies kind of portrayed as like a microcosm of, of, of like po- politics, like movies like election and stuff. But it's just crazy to see the silencing of dissenters amid a pandemic happening in a high school hallway. It, it's so it's mind boggling the way that so many people's minds have been poisoned. And who are these fucking kids that are so anxious to get to school? Exactly. I fucking hated school with a passion all of my life. Anybody who liked it was a fucking dork. I hated them and I never understood them. I like to think I can, I'm open to many viewpoints, but the liking of school is one I will never understand. That is a mystery to me. I don't know. I don't, I don't get these kids who are ratting on each other and be like, Oh man, they're going to ruin this. We have geometry class. (laughs) Yeah. What the fuck? And people are like, Oh, but the seniors last year didn't get to go to graduation. Fuck them. It's a goddamn <laughs> pandemic, and they're kids. They don't get to do everything they want. <laughs> really, what I don't get is when I was in school, and I'm sure it still happens, they dictated constant, arbitrary, stupid shit that you were allowed to do. I couldn't have, you know, if I wanted to dye my hair blue, not going to fucking happen. <laughs> Girls couldn't have, like, skirts that were a certain length. They couldn't have a bra strap showing. You can't wear anything that's, like even speculated to be a gang color all kinds of shit that they'll tell you you can't wear but they can't make a kid wear a mask when people are actively dying from a disease in real time yeah that's that's some bullshit right there yeah you could only wear shorts a certain part of the year when i went to school and it's like who's that who's that protecting (laughs) like that that's a rule for nobody (laughs) but yeah masks that's a bridge too far we can't force that kind of restriction on these kids it does one of the students who uploaded one of those photos was like they're using us as guinea pigs like they're just sent they just sent us in early to see what would happen and now we know what would happen and i think i agree with that that seems pretty accurate even though it seems like that was a uh, foregone conclusion i feel like like it just makes sense given everything going on uh, I don't think you needed guinea pigs. You need canary and coal mines. Uh, we have an entire nation and then world that shows you exactly what ha- what happens when you throw a bunch of people together with very few of them wearing masks. I mean, come on. Should I think this is a good evidence of how people tend to read the headline, but not the story. Because it was big news, I don't know, three weeks, a month ago, that kids don't get infected at the same rate as adults. And I think a lot of people have latched onto that like a fucking vampire just sucking the life out of that idea i actually read that article when i might have been like the guy who did that <laughs> and then it says that's true and when they mean kids it's under 10 years of age the percentage drops a few points above 10 it's the exact same transmission rate as it is for adults mm-hmm. so all of these high school kids like i don't know why even someone would think that if you're under 18 like the virus is like oh fuck no <laughs> I'm going to move on or whatever they thought was happening there, but like it's, it's not how it's happening. in these so. kids. 
<laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, at least 97,000 children tested positive for COVID in the final two weeks of July in the United States. You're not going to believe this. Black and Latino children are disproportionately affected and have the highest rates of hospitalization. According to the, to the CDC, among the reports they received of kids being infected, 40.5% Hispanic or Latino, 33.1% were black, 13.2% were white, which... I feel like that probably plays into some of these redneck fuck sticks being like, yeah, fuck it. Send them back to school. Yeah. They hear that and they think, yes, it's all going according to plan. <laughs> exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, bad times. Stay safe out there, kids. Wear a fucking mask. And if you're not, fuck you. Don't go to school. I don't know why you want to go to again. I don't know why. I don't know. Fucking I would have loved internet school. I could still see people like where. We're, we're seeing each other right now. We're communicating. This is good enough. How is it not good enough for kids? Yeah, it's like homeschooling just with le- like less accountability. And that's amazing. I mean, I would have, I love not being held accountable for anything in high school. I yeah, love not I having get, any responsibility to anything because I didn't give a shit. I don't get why it's still considered like a novel and crazy. I took online classes when I was in school and that was a while ago. Like it's, it's not a new innovation. It's been around forever. There's no reason not to do it, especially now and speaking of schools putting weird arbitrary rules in place we're doing an episode of unpop soon about crazy local news stories and in illinois there's a school that has banned kids from wearing pajamas during zoom (laughs) classes and it's like fucking why and how are you gonna prove that what they're wearing are pajamas in the fucking first place because jeans make you more attentive it's just science (laughs) What if that means like you got to do like a full body scan of yourself just so the teacher can approve your outfit before you yes, sit your I, ass I, on the I, couch? It has to be right. Like, do, or do you have to like, can you uh, slyly take them off as the class goes on <laughs> and have nobody notice? Be a, all three of us could be pantsless right now. I don't know. And I'm all right with that. Yeah. I'm actually double pants right now. I, I'm not taking any precautions during these COVID times. <laughs> Yeah, if there is a, a full body scan involved, uh, look into the background of the person who put that rule in place. Because <laughs> if they're like, send me the pictures, I'll yeah, make the decision. Is, is that one wearing pants? Oh. <laughs> get that guy out of office. Hey, let's get to Lewis's segment. Here goes the intro music. Do you think even he knows? <laughs> Let's see if I nailed that. Here we go. <laughs> Look, it would probably be more accurate to call this week's segment Where is Joe Biden's Running Mate? Since I'll be talking about Joe's journey to the ends of the earth and through the fires of hell and back all in his effort to decide who will be his running mate, assuming it hasn't happened by the time this episode went up. The search has turned into a lucrative side hustle for news outlets. After Joe became the presumptive nominee, CNN.com started furiously slamming a red button labeled speculative running mate content in their push to test the limits of just how much someone can say about nothing. Such articles include the one mistake Biden 
Biden mustn't make in his VP pick. Susan Rice is the VP Biden needs. Biden's VP selection should hinge on this one question. This is the real issue with Biden's VP choice. Biden's VP could be a golden retriever thanks to this constitutional loophole. What Joe Biden says he's looking for in his VP pick. One of those is fake, and sadly, it's the one that sounds the most on-brand for Joe. What's astonishing yet still unsurprising is that all of those articles, plus a handful of others just like them, were published over the span of just three weeks. The Biden VP story is to CNN.com as The Walking Dead is to AMC. It's the only thing people watch, so they're going to keep smashing that red button to greenlight a legion of spinoffs until the end of time. Leave it to CNN's resident news cretin Chris Chaliza to harness the power of the hype and turn it into a weekly power ranking list. You know the state of American political journalism is healthy when the accomplished candidates who could potentially be bestowed the honor of being the first woman of color vice president are given the same treatment as football teams in a playoff hunt. The absence of an official naming of a running mate has driven a lot of very online political people to the brink of madness. They've been up in arms for months, fully ready to try Joe in the Hague like a war criminal and hang him in the town square for not having picked a VP yet. Lost in the outrage is the fact that Joe's VP pick announcement, which is slated to drop sometime in early August, is perfectly in line with past presidential races. Trump announced Mike Pence would be his VP on July 15th. A week later, Hillary Clinton announced that the sentient loaf of Wonder Bread that goes by the name of Tim Kaine would be her VP. Joe Biden himself wasn't announced as Obama's VP until August 28th. What's weird here isn't the time Joe is taking with his decision, but in how people think Joe should have slipped out of his mother's womb with Susan Rice's name tattooed on his chest. Candidates of both parties traditionally announce their VP picks in the few weeks leading up to their respective conventions. This year's Democratic convention, which Joe will not be attending for plague reasons, will start on August 17th. All of this is to say that there's absolutely nothing unusual about the time he's taking to make his choice. And who are those choices? Well, I don't want this segment to devolve into a fetid piece of internet content that would make Chris Chaliza's head explode in a jealous rage, so let's just say that they're all women, as Joe looks to make good on his promise of selecting a female vice president, and most of the candidates at the top of the list are women of color. That includes California Senator Kamala Harris, former U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations Susan Rice, Illinois Senator and war vet Tammy Duckworth, and Chairman of the Congressional Black Caucus Karen Bass. Regardless of which of these women Joe eventually chooses, the right-wing media machine is going to do what they always do, and that's show the utmost respect and decency as they carpet bomb online discourse with only the classiest racist and sexist hot takes. Meanwhile, the Biden campaign's only comment on the whole matter came in the form of an August 5th tweet that read, There's been a lot of talk about my vetting process lately. Here's an inside look. Would the attached video provide valuable insight into the mind of a presidential candidate as he decides which woman of color to be his second in command as he attempts to lead us out of our current hellscape? Nah, man, it's just about how Joe likes old Corvettes. I like to drive. I used to think I was a pretty good driver. I didn't get a chance to flat shift in the second. I was afraid I'd go through those guys. <laughs> With this video, Joe has surely locked up the all-important dudes watching American Chopper marathons in 2005 demographic. Or so you'd think. It's revealed halfway through that the whole thing is just an excuse for Joe to pay lip service to the vague notion of one day being able to drive an American-made electric Corvette with a top speed of over 200 miles an hour. Joe lured us in with the promise of insight into a historical decision, then bait and switched us with an episode of Top Gear filmed in his driveway. Since I've been forcing myself to be perpetually optimistic about a potential Joe Biden presidency, 
I will declare that this bad tweet is actually very good. Using the iconography of overt cartoonish manliness to sell good, sensible ideas like electric cars or maybe even a woman holding high office has earned my distinguished, hey, whatever works, bro, seal of approval. Our best hope for a better future may have to take inspiration from health and beauty companies who made lotions that smell like gunmetal and smoked brisket to convince men to moisturize their disgusting skin. It's absolutely the lowest bar, but if Joe Biden can sneak in good ideas wrapped in good old-fashioned American exceptionalism propaganda, then maybe an Axe body spray presidency is exactly what we need right now. Where in the world is motherfucking Joe Biden? And we're back. Woo! Lewis, talk about Joe Biden. Well, it was another rousing segment by me. I think we can all agree. I think, yeah, one of the best. It was uh, maybe the best. I don't, I'm going to retire it after this. Yeah, I think he, I think they get better. They just each one is better than the one before it. Undoubtedly. And they will continue to do so. Uh, yeah, this one was about uh, Joe Biden and uh, his VP race. I wanted to take a, a little break from the normal uh, flow of the election to talk about something that uh, more a larger story that's been going on with Biden's campaign and uh, and how the, it's really more an indictment of the media and thinking that um, somehow it's insane that Joe Biden is uh somehow taking so long to, to choose a running mate. It's probably, as I mentioned in the, in the recording, it's probably going to happen this week. It might even happen today. We don't know. There's rumors that it might happen tomorrow and we're recording this on, on a Tuesday it might happen tomorrow on Wednesday, maybe, um, or maybe Thursday. Uh, and it's just, it's just such a weird media circus that gets turned in because they need some kind of storylines because they can't just report the news. They need to have like the CNN articles. You need to have like this deluge of, of things all revolving the same story and the different permutations of it. And having worked in online publishing for years, I understand that. I understand the need for content. It fucking blows. Uh, and oftentimes when you have to write, especially it, more timely content, you're kind of forced to write things that uh, like, that are often of the same subject because it's like you're looking around the news and you're like, I don't know, is, what about Biden choosing this fucking dipshit to run the country with him? Who you, you just have to write the same thing for the tenth time over. It just becomes this, but it turns into this like self-perpetuating narrative that, to Joe Biden's credit and to the credit of anybody running for presidency of any party, it has to be infuriating to deal with that because it's like, this is, I'm just going by the normal pattern of every presidential election. You, both parties, like I mentioned, choose their VP in the few weeks leading up to their respective conventions. There's nothing different going on here. Uh, and it, it must be infuriating for anybody running for, for office. Uh, that said, Joe does not do himself any favors uh, in Ever. any aspect, really, <laughs> at all. He's not good at, uh, give, at doing nice things for himself. He always puts up roadblocks, always makes it much more difficult for himself. Uh, did so with a silly tweet uh, I mentioned there about uh, the vetting process for his candidate and correlating that with fucking Corvettes. He's such an old <laughs> boomer. God damn it. It's so <laughs> exhausting. Like, I get it. It's a pretty car. I don't care. I don't give a shit. What a fucking great joke, man. But yeah, I think we should get to the rest of the things you have uh, for us to talk about Joe Biden, because I was going to briefly mention some, but it would have been like a, like a 10 minute episode if I wanted to do the VP thing and the list of gaffes that he has uh, amassed since the last time we talked. Yeah, he cannot stop fucking this up. And it's crazy that he keeps fucking it up in a way that makes him look racist when he's running against Trump. 
That blows my mind. Like, and before we get to that, I feel like his VP is going to be Kamala Harris because it would keep perfectly in line with his tendency to fuck things up. Because <laughs> of all the women who are being whose whose names are being floated, I think aside from maybe Condoleezza Rice, there's no one I would want less than Kamala Harris. Like, yeah, not not the greatest option when you're when you're going for Democrats. Kind of. Um, uh, what was it? What was she in, in California? She was the uh, DA. DA? Yeah, yeah, she was the DA. Uh, DAs are not very popular on the left right now. Um, no. any, anything even closely related to law enforcement, and that would be as tone deaf as it gets. I would hope it's if given the, the pool of people available, I'm hoping he leans more toward like a Tammy Duckworth kind of person. Yeah. That, uh, I think that's more of a fair middle ground. Uh, but uh, yeah, Kamala would be, man, that'd be tone deaf. It sure would. And uh, speaking of tone deaf, let's get into the, the gaffes from this week or some of them might've been last week. I don't know. Corn pop uh, CBS reporter, Errol Barnett, asked biden if he'd take a cognitive test because uh seems like both of those dudes might be in the sundown phase of their lives <laughs> and biden responded to that or responded that the question was akin to biden asking barnett who is black if he'd take a drug test to see if you're taking cocaine or not are you a junkie why why? It sounds like something a RoboCop villain would say to somebody. <laughs> like, why would you just say the thing an '80s villain would say to a black person? Good yeah. lord! Yeah, like just say no. Just say no. <laughs> just say no. I'm not going to take a cognitive test. Say I'll take one if Trump takes one. Take one. Take one on fucking national TV on pay per view or something. Yeah. Both take a cognitive I'll, I'll, I'll test. Fuck it. I'll take two. Yeah. <laughs> but don't say that. Shortly thereafter. In an interview with NPR's Lulu Garcia Navarro, he said, unlike the African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community with incredibly different attitudes about different things. <laughs> what is he saying about either group? I don't know. I spent, when I heard that, I spent the rest of the afternoon and like deep contemplation trying to work out the mechanics of of one who he was trying to make look good in that statement and and then like all the ways in which both both groups of people end up coming away offended like it's so stupid <laughs> it's just i can't it's not even worth parsing it really i think it's what i came uh, the, 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 the my final position on it it's just fucking stupid just plain dumb to say something that denigrates everybody involved when you are i don't know trying to make somebody either latinos or blacks happy i think i think he's trying to make latinos happy i don't know seems like it could you imagine a more useless and non-statement than you have different attitudes about different things <laughs> and black well, people don't <laughs> they, what? they have the same attitude about the same things I guess this is a quote from a 20 year 28 year old county commissioner in Athens, Georgia named Mariah Parker. Trump is terrible and he's a racist and we have to get racists out of the white house. <laughs> but then Biden keeps saying racist things. It doesn't make me feel much better that we actually will have an improvement for the black community with one president over the other. And I feel like that's going to be a recurring problem for Joe Biden. And I think he doesn't even realize it, maybe. No, I think he looks at the uh, 
the support he has among particularly like older black people and kind of like has kind of settled you know like younger black people don't really give a shit yeah. about him and yeah and, and i think he's just kind of like all right well if i can win them which is probably why kamala will be the the uh the nom- his vp he's just trying to appeal shamelessly appeal to older black people <laughs> yeah he has historic support among older black voters but among younger voters like just younger voters in general uh bernie sanders won 60 percent of voters under 30 to biden's 90 or 19 percent in 17 different primary states black voters under the age of 30 supported sanders 44 percent to 38 percent so shit like this is not going to close that gap and it'll be that kind of thing where if a lot of young black voters sit this election out people will be like oh fuck you for getting trump reelected," and it's like nope fuck the democrats for not putting a more viable candidate in place to run against trump like you can't blame people when they don't have any good choices and i can't imagine a biden harris ticket is gonna fix that problem at all because she's like that's like a buddy cop ticket like it's like lethal weapon or some shit like no one no one needs that doesn't it seem a lot like maybe they're not even courting democrats anymore just the uh the more centrist republicans i mean that's who it seems like they're really trying to appeal to now like look this is what you want right who cares no one's liberal here don't worry things will be fine now (laughs) yeah in one sense i mean it's not the worst strategy in when you just look at the cold hard awful truth that young people just don't vote they're not they're not a consistent voting base so when you have young people who are vocal online and show up to protest and they they're they're true activists and they push the party to the left and they've done a fantastic job of that. And I think the work of young people will make the party turn more to the left as the years go on. Uh, but for now, the, 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 the hard data of what that activist left provides to actual candidates in terms of votes just isn't there. They don't show up. So and when it's just old people voting, then obviously you're going to play to the old people. Yeah. And I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens. I just, I don't feel great about Biden's chances in November. Like, it seems like it should be such a slam dunk, but it did in 2016 also. Yeah. I, I, I feel a little optimistic about it. Not terribly so, but I feel a little bit optimistic. But I do think the biggest obstacle is himself. He, he steps on his own dick so often that that thing has got tread marks permanently etched on it. It's, <laughs> it's fucking crazy. I've never seen a politician fuck themselves over almost willingly, like almost self-sabotage. I know people say that about Trump sometimes. No, he's just a stupid idiot who just can't help but say dumb shit because he genuinely believes them. Or sometimes he just wants to fuck with you because he's a, a, a troll. But Biden, I, I always get the sense that he means well. He is just stupid. He is just kind of dumb and he he fumbles around. He never knows what to say or how to say it. It's amazing. He's Michael Scott. Kind of. He's very Michael Scottish. Yeah. There is, there is a core of, of a humanity there that is completely corrupted by all the, the fumbling stupidity around it. Yeah. 100%. So the election's coming. Hopefully it still happens. I mean, I guess we'll yeah, see. maybe it's coming yeah you guys are really trying to make sure nothing ever happens in your country again it seems like <laughs> we're getting there 
Before we talk about more election stuff, let's get to our next segment, which we call What in the World? Oh man, the, the, the beats, the music. It's all it's flowing through us all right now. Bringing a little international flair to this podcast. Fade it out, Brett. Brett's off camera. We talked about the Hong Kong national security law on the last episode, and the arrests have started in regards to that national security law. Up first, Hong Kong media tycoon Jimmy Lai was arrested last week on suspicion of collusion with foreign powers, which just means he's not beholden to Beijing and their uh, draconian laws, basically. Uh, Hong Kong police said seven people had been arrested in total so far on charges of violating the security law, but did not name them. Lai owns a popular tabloid called Apple Daily and is an outspoken pro-democracy advocate in Hong Kong. Apple Daily's a weird name. I wonder what that's about. Well, Apple a day keeps the doctor away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It makes perfect sense to me. God, you're dumb. (sighs) I am. I'm pretty fucking (laughs) stupid. I feel bad. Uh, You're fired. (laughs) Last month, (laughs) it was announced that pro-democracy activist Nathan Law and five others were wanted under the law as well, but all of them fled Hong Kong to avoid prosecution. I don't know if it's good for Jimmy Lai that he's stuck around. Like... Someone needs to stick around and fight this, but he's probably just going to be executed, right? Likely. Or, I mean, they uh, China does have a lot of uh, lovely camps this time of year that they're just willing, they're just throwing so many people in because they're just, they just can't wait to get into them. Free vocational training is what they call those camps. <laughs> is that a thing? Is that what they really call yeah. it? Yeah. That oh, is God. such an interesting spin on oh. concentration camps, which is what they actually are. Or at like the very best, DeVry. The, oh, you're like we're enrolling you in DeVry. That's the American version. We promise you a job upon graduation. Except Your sentence in- to a TV VCR repair. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll, I mean, there's not much, we don't know much about what has uh, transpired since Jimmy Lai was arrested, but it's a thing worth keeping an eye on. Like, I thought there was going to be more resistance to this national security law. Like, I thought once they passed it, someone was going to step in and be like, no, 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 you can't do that. Especially with how much money goes through Hong Kong and how, like, the concentration of rich people there. But nope, it just happened, and now Hong Kong basically is just part of China now, even though they're technically not. They they technically still have a separate government and a separate set of laws, but this pretty much undoes that. If China can just go in and arrest people for colluding with foreign powers which just probably means jimmy Lai got investment money from the united states i mean let's be honest probably from the cia so in that case he is sort of colluding with a foreign power but still it's it's really depressing it's so sad like i said this is this feels like um the end game for stories like the black lives matter protester from earlier this feels like this on a, on a larger scale where the black lives matter one is a local story uh of a local police department this is a federal government when they realize oh nobody stopped me when i was just a local story when i was just kind of fucking with people on a smaller scale um this is going to keep scaling this up and seeing where it goes and this is the end result you have outspoken uh journalists and uh advocates just get essentially kidnapped and may never be seen again 
Yeah, I could see some degree of this happening in the United States, like especially the national security law and charging people as colluding with foreign <laughs> governments, because that's what they're trying. Like we said, that's what they're trying to do to Antifa right now, which God, I know a lot of people that are going to get arrested if that happens. Yeah. Uh, myself included, probably. <laughs> Yeah, I think this podcast is grounds for imprisonment. Well, it will be. Yeah, I mean, under under a law like that, it probably would be. We'll all have to go live with 40 in Canada, like the handmaid's tale. Or like the handman's tale, am I right? <laughs> Woo! Yeah, oh yeah. Get the boys back together in Canada, fleeing national security <laughs> laws in the United States. I got a spare room. We're good. <laughs> nice. Oh, cool. You can take that. Uh... <laughs> and uh me and lewis will take the bedroom is what i'm getting at yeah a little spoon yeah or bunk beds if nothing else uh let's talk about another crazy international news story i don't know if people know this but europe still has dictators one there's one dictator still in europe i mean for right now uh and he just won another election his name is alexander lukashenko he is more commonly known as Europe's last dictator. He is the president of Belarus. He's been in power since 1994. God damn. He's been president since Tupac was still alive. Yeah, and in case anybody just wants to know, I'll save you the, the, the trouble. He looks like Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> he sure does. And a, he, there's even you know photos of him in like the full military garb. It is It is spot on Sergeant Slaughter impersonator energy. Yeah, and he's he's a for real dictator. The mm -hmm. the reason people are upset over this election is one, people assumed he was going to lose because everyone hates him by now. But instead, an exit poll came out that uh, gave him a seventy nine point seven percent share of the vote compared to his opponent Svetlana Tikhanovskaya's six point eight percent. This poll was conducted by the government run. Youth Laboratory of Sociological Studies, which sounds terrifying. It sounds it, like eugenics. It does. It's a, and, it's a, and why are kids doing it? I, I hope this is like all eight to twelve year olds who are just hardcore indoctrinated. And uh, you might be asking, well, what did the independent polls say? Trick question. Those are banned in Belarus. No one gets to do election polls except the current government, which that seems fair. Uh, the woman he ran against was a surprise last-minute replacement candidate because her husband, Sergei, a popular blogger in Belarus, was arrested after he tried to launch a presidential campaign. So he gets arrested, and she announces that she's running and then immediately flees the country. And I think she came back on election night to cast her vote and then did all of her campaigning by video, probably, from a safe location, which... That's dictatorship, once again. Jesus Christ. <clears throat> These people never choose realistic numbers when they, when they have their, their uh, election support. It's never, it's never. oh, this is a tight one. Oh, this, is, this is coming down to the wire. Yeah. No, it's always, it's always like 60% and above. Oh, I'm beloved. Yeah, because as a dictator, you got you to gotta boost that ego a little bit. Yeah, it's all ego. The only reason you, you decided to do this is because you're like, not enough people love me. And then you do it and you're like, ah, nobody loves me. That's weird. <laughs> nah, but, what, but, but if I make it seem like people love me, then they'll love me. If the international community thinks people love me, everyone else will catch on. <laughs> it's like, we know people don't love you, you fucking idiot. 
on election day, police arrested independent election observers and reporters, as one does. There were also a bunch of mysterious internet outages on election day. And now in light of the protests that erupted around this election, the internet has been just shut down completely. And you might be thinking, well, big deal. What was the Belarusian internet running on anyway? Fucking sticks and stones? No, it is a very advanced technological hub with some of the fastest internet in all the land. So they just turned it off, which should tell you something about that government and how much they're willing to give up to stay in power because Belarus is such a connected technological place. It actually makes up a big, big part of their economy. And without the internet, that whole economy is just going to shut down. And this guy's like, I don't give a fuck. Shut the internet down. Yeah, when it's the one of the things you're absolutely the best at, and then all of a sudden it doesn't work on one of the most important days in your country's history. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, you fucked with it. You, you hit, you took the switch, or the the cable that the internet runs through, and you kind of you rang it like a hose, <laughs> and you just shut it off, and you went. <laughs> Yeah, I like the idea that there's just a switch in his office that he can just <laughs> flip off. It's like it's right next to the AC. Yeah. Right next to the AC <laughs> dial. And it's it's kind of sad because the way they became such a, a tech hub is kind of a charming story. Someone made a face-swapping app where it would replace your face with Alexander Lukashenko's face so you could make it look like the president was saying all kinds of crazy shit. And instead of being mad and rounding up dissidents and murdering them, he was like, oh, that's cute. Let's do more of that. Like, that's how the tech industry started in Belarus. The president just loved a face swapping app. I love that story so much. I really do. Because it is so innocent. And you realize, oh, no, wait, I forgot. He's a, he's a dictator. He's yeah. a dictator. He likely has the mind and uh, personality of a child, uh, a, temper, uh, a very angry child who's just lashing out at everybody. Yeah. I'm interested to see how this goes. This guy's not going to step down. And like this, this will like this is the kind of thing that the United States uses as justification to fuck with countries all the time, especially like Latin American countries. Venezuela is a really good example now where they're like, well, we can't just let a dictator rule over his people like this. And it's like, uh, well, we can if we don't have any real business interests there and it doesn't matter to us in a financial way. But Venezuela, where we're trying to get in and get that oil, then a dictator is a human rights crisis. But in Belarus... Fuck it. We got internet of our own. It sucks, but we have it, so we don't need theirs. Yeah. That's why I can't wait until we have like some kind of really viable and popular uh, alternative energy source. Because what, are we going to steal fucking Sweden's wind or something? Like, who gives a shit? We can, we can make, we make our own wind, man. Yeah. Using fossil fuels. <laughs> it's a great video that, that came out from Belarus after the, after the election of a polling station in Minsk where someone was filming outside and there's a ladder that going up to a second story window and this lady dressed like Dolores Umbridge from Harry Potter is scaling this thing with like a big sack and they're pretty sure it's just votes for the other the, the woman running against him but like, it says votes on it votes for other come out of the second story window it's it's the best that, that's how he they pulled furnace. <laughs> throws it into a furnace and spits Pugh. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, 
let's get to our last speaking of dictators let's get to our last segment which we call <sighs> trump is still president uh, faded out i don't even want to talk about that much longer but let's talk about that much longer because uh south carolina representative jim clyburn recently joined the chorus of voices that have been warning the country that trump will not leave office peacefully if he loses in november which that's a that's a feeling i've had for a long time i think a lot of people have shared that feeling uh michael cohen when he was testifying in front of congress was like trump's not gonna leave office if he loses he's not gonna leave and now jim clyburn is saying the same thing he said it initially during an appearance on pbs news hour on july 31st this is a quote they're looking for some way to try to postpone this election they're looking for some way not to have an election i've been saying now for about three years that this president doesn't plan to have an election he's not planning to give up the office he thinks the american people will be duped by him like the people of germany were duped by adolf hitler yikes he also doubled down on that when asked about the comments by cnn he said i feel very strongly that this man has taken on strong strong arm tactics and i feel very strongly that he is mussolini and putin is hitler i don't think he plans to leave the white house he doesn't plan to have fair and unfettered elections i believe that he plans to install himself in some kind of emergency way to hold on to the office and that's why the american people had better wake up and we won't like this is this is like top of the rung in terms of things that the american public thinks will never happen here and i i i have to ask if you're in that camp what have checks and balances done for us so far what have they stopped not a single thing yeah and especially with trump being able to govern through executive order just like we've let every other president to increasingly catastrophic degrees since then uh like what's it what is stopping him from doing this like it's gonna it's gonna have to take the military we're not gonna like rise up in a way like we would we would like we know the potential for nationwide protests exists and i think that has a lot to do with why they're trying to label protesters as terrorists to get them locked up for a significant amount of time then you have your most radical element all incarcerated and then the president can just be like i'm president forever now who's going to do anything about it and none of these centrist fucks are going to do anything about it and then we'll all be arrested for telling those centrist fucks to do something about it or we'll have to overthrow the government that's going to be fun I get it. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I just don't know what I'm talking about, but I do feel like this particular government won't be very difficult to overthrow. Like, I feel like there are more difficult ones to overthrow. I feel like they are just so bad at everything that they're just going to bungle their response. Like they're going to figure, Oh, we'll just throw out a bunch of soldiers and they'll take care of it. And, and I think that it's not going to be well-planned their, their fight back against an angry populace. Uh, I mean, they put up a fence that I think around the white house that I think it looks like it can come down pretty quickly. Yeah. I mean, people can get there. Yeah. Uh, like I could just jump that fence being the athlete that I I have. I have a, I have a hammer with the little hooky things at the end. Mm -hmm. I just find a nail and pop that up. Yeah. I mean, if it comes to that, hopefully it doesn't like hopefully Trump leaves, but I just, I don't see that happening. And I don't know if I trust the military to do the right thing in that situation. Like we know the cops are going to be on his side 
especially if defunding the police becomes a bigger movement across the country. Like, all those cops that lose their jobs will absolutely be on Trump's side if he decides to stay in office. Uh, what would the Secret Service do? Would the Secret Service keep him in office? Like, if the military mm. showed up, would that be a fight between the military and Secret Service? Which I'd love to see. That'd be fun. Like, just yeah. from an entertainment standpoint, <laughs> that would be amazing that's like the patriots and the patriots playing in the super bowls (laughs) but i don't know what's everyone else think do you think do you think he will try to stay in office yes and i don't think it's even i don't think it's even a thing he'll have to try to do it would just be second nature because he's i think terrified of what might happen to him in my two cents diagnosis of his mental state he's terrified of what's going to happen to him after he leaves office because i think he is he probably has a better sense of what's happening in the uh sdny investigations of him uh and his companies and he probably has a better sense of 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 how fucked he is than the rest of us do uh and i think more than anything that's going to motivate him to try to stay in office and by the way it's not like he hasn't said multiple times at rallies and on twitter in a quote joking way it was just kidding that oh yeah what if i was to stay in office until 2024 2028 whatever he's said this a lot it's not like it's a secret like claiborne saying it on cnn is nice it's i actually appreciate that because people in the mainstream news and you can't get more fucking mainstream than cnn they need to hear that kind of anxiety uh that that kind of stress that people have of i don't think this dude's fucking leaving because he doesn't seem like the type that that would uh give up uh even when he very clearly lost um so yeah that is a, a genuine fear and i'm very happy someone said it yeah and even with the thing you said about the mainstream media covering it even with everything he said like i've gone through so many headlines the past few days researching all the shit i have to record this week the only outlet i found talking about this particular statement i mean i know he was asked about it on cnn but normally once someone says something like that on a major network it becomes news everywhere the atlanta black star is the only outlet i found reporting on this which is bonkers but I don't know. Four, do you think Justin Trudeau is going to leave office when his time? <laughs> and he'd probably just retire right now if we asked him nicely. <laughs> he probably, is a whole different country. Jesus. He probably should. Well, yeah, he's he's had some issues, and then everyone was like, and then, and then we moved on. That's still one of my favorite TV moments of the year when a reporter asked Justin Trudeau about Trump's response to the coronavirus and he waits a legit 30 to 45 <laughs> seconds in silence before he says a word. He had to reboot his brain for that one and then just <laughs> like nothing you say is going to end well. You can't say it's great, can't say it's awful. So yeah, I guess we'll keep an eye on this. I mean, obviously, we'll keep an eye. How crazy would it be if we just like at some point in December, we're like, oh shit, the election. How'd that go? <laughs> oh, Trump lost and he's still in office? Fuck me. I knew that was going to happen. Can't believe I missed it. Basketball was back. What do you want me to do? Basketball is back, and I do like that. That's been- it is very nice. It's, it, it honestly feels uh, slightly normal. Yeah. I've watched so much NBA basketball lately. And they, and they do like 10-hour blocks of it. It's insane. <laughs> yeah. It's on all the time. <laughs> what, what the fuck else do they have to do? <laughs> or in a bubble. 
play basketball. So I think that's our episode. Do we have anything to plug before we get out of here? Lewis? No. <laughs> of course not. 40? No, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, unpopsnetwork.supercast.tech. You go there and subscribe. Uh, and uh, we're launching a new podcast. It's it's only available on the, the subscription channels now, but we'll put out public episodes soon. It's called Pod 6 a podcast about the films of spike lee and nice it's a a damn fun time i host it with music producer sliceberg slim uh so we talk about that on that podcast so listen to that and uh i think that's it let's get the fuck out of here lewis say goodbye bye everybody 40 say goodbye 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 everybody we love you (laughs) 